All right, Merrimack visiting Providence this weekend, and tonight's game actually uh, in Providence, the second of two games two games this weekend between these two clubs, and it is intermission time now. Mike Macknick with John Leahy, and our guest here actually talk, talking before the game here, Mike Logan. He is the play-by-play voice of Friar Hockey. And, uh, Mike, first of all, give us your thoughts on the season so far for Providence, a 6-3-1 and record coming into this game, 3-2 uh, and two in Hockey East, with the only two blemishes being a couple of games against a pretty good UMass, game, UMass team that, uh, by all accounts, uh, Providence played pretty well against them and could have won those games too. Yeah, you know, I think they've been more consistent at this point this year than they were a year ago. Um, I know they struggled last year out on the road. You know, their three losses, you have a UMass team that I believe coming in tonight is number one or two in pairwise, and you have a Notre Dame team that that was a very good game. Uh, Notre Dame got a power play goal early in the second, and Providence couldn't recover. But I've been impressed with the way uh, the younger guys, I mean, to be 6-3-1, and one, uh, Jay O'Brien, the number one draft choice for Philly, um, you know, he's missed four going on six games now due to injury. Jack Dugan's been great. Tice yep. Thompson's been great. So yep. <clears throat> I think early on, Mike, there's been a real good mix with the younger guys, and obviously what they returned was pretty good anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, they returned some pretty good players, you know, guys like Josh Wilkins, you know, you get Jacob Bryson back on defense, and uh, we've always been impressed. You know, Vincent DeHarnay always seems to play well against Merrimack, for example. But you add in these other guys, uh, the freshman class that they've had coming in, I don't know how much stock or whatever to put in some of these recruiting rankings or whatever, but Providence, we knew, had a pretty good class coming in, and these guys have certainly lived up to the billing. You know, I'm guilty. I never really pay attention to a kid until he gets here, and it's no knock to him, but, um, you know, you can do wonderful out in the BCHL, and then you get to college, and sometimes it doesn't happen. And, yeah, or, and, or it takes a while. Right, or conversely, you can really not have much hoopla around you, and then all of a sudden you come in and you're tearing it up. You know, and I, I think Tyce Thompson's a good example. You know, his older brother Tage, who played at UConn and is in the NHL now, there wasn't nearly as much buzz uh, around Tice. I know the staff was very high on him, and now all of a sudden, a month and a half in, you hear all this buzz about you know they're going to be shocked if he's not drafted and all this thing. So I'm a firm believer until they get on campus and until they they really start to you know play at this level those are nice those rankings but you know it's kind of like the preseason with the teams it really doesn't mean anything yeah uh want to get your thoughts scott bork obviously made the transition over from providence to merrimack in the offseason now the head coach at providence we heard from nate lehman last night talking about him um you know your, your impression of uh his time here at providence and, and what you think that he might bring to the table at merrimack well before we talk about coaching, Scott's a great guy. hes uh, I understand why he's been such a good recruiter. Uh, if you can't sit down and get along with Scott Bork, then I think the problem is you. You know what I mean? Uh, and he's got a great sense of humor. When he came in, uh, you know, I know Nate wanted somebody that knew the league and had the track record that Scott did. I think he did a nice job, and he... Um, you know, Nate's a pretty business-oriented guy. Chris Mayotte's a pretty business-oriented guy. And I always felt Scott was, you know, he added a little lightheartedness uh, at times to it. But a very um, determined guy. Uh, it was interesting walking in last night to your rink. Uh, Jeremy Gibson and I, your AD, happened to be walking in and spent about 10 minutes talking about, you know, Scott and that. And just the, the process, it takes a while. You know, Mark Dennehy had been there for over a decade, had done some good things, but now it's Scott's turn to put his stamp on the program. Obviously, he plays a much, or wants to play a much different style than Mark did. And, and hopefully, they give him some time to do it, and I think, you know, with his track record of, of bringing guys in, and I think the recruiting mic is different now. Yeah. You know, I, I think 
you know, to go to a Merrimack, you look at the cost factor and the league and that, I think you can draw a lot better players there now than maybe, say, even 10 years ago. Yeah, certainly a lot of interesting interesting things going on with recruiting and, uh, you know, some of the changes that they've talked about as well where, uh, you know, maybe uh, trying to put some uh, some hard limits on when you can start to talk to guys and so on. Is that a good move? How does it affect schools like Providence and Merrimack? Personally, I think it's a good move. I think it's crazy that you have 15-year-olds committing, uh, and, and it's just... You know, I teach. Uh, that's my regular job. And looking at the maturity level of 15 and 16 year olds, you know what I mean. And and, and then you know, when they turn 20, things change. Uh, I'd like to see it. I I think it's going to impact some schools, but I don't think it would be the worst thing just for the game itself. Yeah. Um, I just <clears throat> you've been around it a long time. There just seems to be way too much movement where a kid commits and then backs out, and 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 on both ends. And you know, I think anything to kind of clean that up. Um, or at least shorten that period would be better for the game. I know you guys, as we mentioned, you guys have seen UMass, some of the other teams, BU, uh, your thoughts on the league as a whole right now. I, have, I mean, I have to say, having seen a handful of the teams so far, um, you know, despite the fact that UMass won those two games last weekend, uh, the Providence team that we saw last night is the best team that I've seen in the league so far. Well, I think you saw the best game Providence has played in a while, uh, definitely this year. I mean, they they came out last night with a purpose right off the, the opening uh, faceoff. Uh, I was impressed with UMass. I'm not surprised. Ben Barr was here, as you know, and uh, for my money, Benny's one of the best recruiters in the country. Quite frankly, I'm surprised somebody hasn't given him a shot yet to run his own program. You know, I, I hope it happens. Uh, and obviously, Greg Carville did a real nice job at St. Lawrence. Um, and the, the, the thing that's impressive with UMass is to have so many young guys, and they play as a group older than they are, which, which is impressive. Um, I still think BU and BC are going to be there once we get going. Um, you know, it's People forget, you know, Albie O'Connell going from assistant to head coach. There's a transition there. Even in the same program, it's going to take a while. Uh, you know, in BC, uh, they've started slow before, and they're going to be okay. And I'm surprised, quite frankly, at, at Maine's start. I thought Maine was going to be, a, you know, a little uh, better as far as that goes. Um, and uh, Connecticut, uh, I was impressed with the young talent they have. Um, I think, you know, and, and Mike Cavanaugh has done a good job recruiting, I think, since he's been there. The, the, the question with them has been, once you get them on campus, it hasn't always gelled. Northeastern almost seems like a wild card there. Um, you know, they, they could be a team that ends up in the top four. You got a goaltender like Caden Primo. They've already beaten some pretty good teams like St. Cloud. I know they lost some good players from last year. Still have some pretty good players returning. Another good club. They're my alma mater, and I uh, quite and I, and I attended there as well. Right, and, and quite frankly, coming in looking at what they lost. I had some doubts, and yeah. uh, and so far, uh, you know, Jim Maddock and Jerry Keefe and that staff have done a real good job. And, you know, uh, Madden, they've got some younger guys who have come in uh, and, like other teams, haven't skipped a beat. I, the thing with the college game now, Mike, it doesn't seem like it used to be. Freshmen are coming in. Granted, they're a little older, but so many freshmen come in, and they don't miss a beat. Yeah. Where it used to seem that there was a, a bigger uh, adjustment period. And, uh, Jack Dugan's a great example here. I mean, he comes in, he's averaging a point a game. He looks like he's been skating right wing for three years. Yeah. You know? All right, so tonight's game, I know we're talking before the game, folks, so when they hear this at the end of the first period, that will have already been played, but uh, especially for perhaps for a Providence team that's trying to come off such a great game that they played last night, what's important for them to try to keep that going, not only tonight, but also the rest of the season next week and beyond? Well, I think the biggest challenge tonight is you go into another team's building, you hold them to 11 shots, you score seven goals, it's human nature the next night to think it's going to be easy, especially when you're coming home, and... Uh, 
had a chance to just talk to Scott Bork, and I'm sure he's going to have his guys ready to go the first five or ten minutes. Uh, I think last night one of the big keys was, and you've seen it, in the face-off circle, Providence dominated. I know Merrimack has struggled, and when you're winning face-offs, it becomes a, a puck possession game. Providence's power play, even though they went 0-7 for 7 in the loss here last week to UMass, it's been as good since Nate's been here at the start of the year. Ron Ralston's running it now, and I think that's a key as well. Um, can Providence take advantage uh, of the first couple of power plays? Because in games they've been able to do that. They've gone on to win in the games. They've struggled with the power play, and it's you know the longer in a game they've gone without scoring, that's really come back to hurt them. Thanks a lot, Mike. We certainly appreciate your time. Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, I think the theme of the uh, of the evening here, John's been asking as well, is uh, what's going to be on the table, what kind of pie you're going to have, anything else special Thanksgiving weekend? Well, I'm going to be in lovely Denver, Colorado. Uh, I mean, it's good, but I would rather be at home. Uh, actually, uh, Mike Billings, his lovely wife and lovely daughter and I are going to be uh, going someplace for Thanksgiving dinner, so uh, I guess I'll have to get back to you on that. <laughs> All right. Sounds good, Mike. We appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the trip. Uh, happy Thanksgiving as well. We'll see you guys again after the break. All right. Same to you. Thanks, Mike. That's Mike Logan, the play-by-play voice of Providence College Hockey. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.